Welcome to the Present and Sober podcast with your hosts, Sam Goldfinch and Ellie Crow. If you want to make your life bigger, not smaller, then this is the podcast for you. If you can sense that you're destined for more and you're curious about how drinking could be holding you back, listen in and come on this journey with us. Through the interplay of mind and body practices, we will help you elevate your daily life and discover the wonder and potential of going alcohol free. Let's make life bigger together. Yo team, surf's up dude. We're going to uh, we're going to talk about surfing this week, but it might not not that kind of surfing. We're going to talk about surfing urges and feelings and emotions and it's not just a skill that's super helpful for the alcohol-free journey but for all just just a whole life just a whole life any kind of sensation or emotion that we're having being able to be with it and acknowledge it and not run from it is super powerful and yeah it's just a great life skill so that's all i'm going to say we're going to dive deep on it today it's a really really good one i can't wait to put it out there and uh yeah here we are with our hundredth and first episode how did that happen all right team i'll hand you over to me and ellie see you there hello welcome to the present and sober podcast sun's out Guns out. Get your guns out. Sam, he's got his new tattoo. Ouch, his yeah. sore arm. Good job Still... he's got a, an automatic car. <laughs> Why shouldn't have been able to drive yourself home? Yep, it um, was, a, it was a, an experience, but it's done. So there we go. It's done. Where are you going next? Bum? <laughs> um, <laughs> probably not. No, I'll ca- I will carry this one out. I'll do it up the arm and... and uh, Around, I don't know. We'll see how we go. But um, I've been t- I'm not allowed goes. to do anything for a while. I've been told off because they're they're a very expensive, and b um, <laughs> Rob doesn't get any sleep for like a week because uh, obviously the first few days I'm like I don't know you just don't sleep as well, do you? And then it's itchy and then all that. Anyway, oh. no one mm. wants that. I definitely don't want don't want an itchy bum, do I? So I won't um I won't do that. <laughs> you always lower the tone. I, I, lower I can't the tone I can't help myself. Right, we, we've got a, a belter. We haven't said that for a while. I've got a belter for you today. Bye. This is a subject that we've come across a lot recently. And in particular, the, there's a couple of clients of mine were talking about this recently. And in one of the groups I was coaching, there was this really great example of how we can have an urge that comes in the form of some kind of thinking and uh feeling and sensation we can have that urge and we might feel compelled to act on it immediately but what happens if we don't what happens in the expanse of time and the the example that i'll share with you that came from one of the coaching groups is wonderful there's a um, a lady who was going on her first alcohol-free camping trip which just sounded amazing how she'd set it up and she prepared herself for it. And she had, uh, she was getting ready to go preparing the camper and she'd removed any remnants of alcoholic drinks from days of yore. (laughs) So they were all taken out of the camper, getting ready to go, very excited about it, about it all. And then something happened, something mechanically had gone wrong and needed to be fixed. And it was really frustrating for her, really annoying, took a, a bunch of time. She was worn out by the end of it and annoyed. And so can you hear Lola snoring? Uh, it's really fucking loud. Well, I can. So I'm sure. I'm <laughs> can sure, you see uh, her face, Sam? Look at her face. 
It's all like it's squashed great. up That's... against the side of the chair. <laughs> so so she's already been backward sneezing, which I didn't know was a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. I thought she was like had a hairball. No, she backwards in, and now that's that's her snoring. So apologies for the loud snoring. So this lady was all prepared, ready to go. Mechanical issue, fixed it, took a bunch of time, and by the end of it, she felt really strung out. And so the thought came of, you know what, I really need now a reward. I need to get myself to the place, set up camp, and have that relaxation that reward that letting go that comes in the form mm. of some form of alcoholic drink and so she went and um, found some alcoholic drinks that she could take packed them into the camper and then this is the beautiful thing had a good couple of hours worth of a drive mm. so in that expanse of time something wonderful happened in that the nervous system had the opportunity to calm and to uh, you know get get back to a, a regulated state and she realized that she didn't really want a drink at all and when she got to the campsite set up um back I think she said something this was the the brilliant thing because I was talking when this came up I was talking to another lady about intention the power of intention and what she realized when she was driving was that that thought that came from an old belief system was not aligned with who or what she wanted to be anymore. And so blown apart, gone. And then she arrives at the campsite, sets up as the person that she does want to be and how she wants to be and has a freaking amazing alcohol free um, camping trip mm. and is, is ready to give herself the opportunity of that experience of like, this is going to be freaking amazing. Having uh, the, the first time, love camping, here I am. It's going to feel a bit different. It's going to feel a bit uncomfortable because I'm doing it differently. But I'm going to give myself the opportunity to see what it's like alcohol-free. And guess what? I bet it's going to be bloody amazing. So there you go. So I thought that was a fantastic example of just what can happen if we give ourselves the gift of some space and time. Yeah, that's really cool. And I think a lot of the time, I can't remember the word you used but um, I think we can kind of feel like we don't where there's no choice. I'm like, ah, oh, we get, we, you know, the yeah, whatever compelled. it is comes upon us compelled is what you used. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's sort of like people might use these terms like feeling hijacked and things like mm -hmm. that. And we, it's interesting because we may have that experience. And then at some point we don't, at some point we actually go for a walk or we do something different. The thought, cool thing about the forced pause that, uh, that this lady has was, was that she got this kind of example of, just getting to see it play out um, sort of in front of her, her eyes. She's just seeing her kind of like thought changing and her and, and, and her special effects department kind of bringing something different to her, mm. um, which is really amazing. And I think that's one of the reasons why we talk about, you know, keeping it really simple when it comes to stopping drinking or maybe we're trying to change any kind of habit and we're trying to put friction in between us and the thing. Um, like keeping it really simple is amazing. Scratching the record by just getting out of the house, going for a walk. Sometimes those things can be a little bit like, yeah, okay, well, that's, you know, that, that seems a bit simple. That's not really going to solve the problem for me, is it? But actually, this is what you get. You get this experience of, of, of seeing for yourself that, oh, that doesn't last forever. Because it feels to me like the information we sometimes get from those experiences, like this is going to last forever. Like, isn't it funny that two hours previous, 
we can be kind of like absolutely fine, not even thinking about it. Then that kind of experience can come on. And in that moment, we can kind of forget everything that we know to be true. Because if for a moment we just remembered, oh, yeah, this really isn't going to last forever. Like, I'm not going to feel like this 20 minutes from now, 30 minutes from now. If we just had that knowledge, mm. um, it would it would completely change. And so we're kind of talking a little bit about different ways of um urge surfing i guess and like you know back to kind of like talking about cravings a little bit and things like that again which is cool so we haven't done this for a while but yeah there's just so much power in the simple simple beauty of the gap or the pause and i think that's true across so many areas of life oh yeah hang on one second let me click pause the dogs have uh have dashed off to get the delivery man so uh, that was a very important delivery, courtesy of Amanda Thompson from uh, Thompson and Scott. That was oh, my awesome. naughty delivery. Yeah, cool. Um, so I just I, I will just plug Amanda for a second because they've released uh, their range of so they they'd released a red when we interviewed Amanda. I can't remember which episode it was. This was sort of back pre Christmas, wasn't it? So they've released a red. They've also released a white, which is fabulous, and a rosé just in time Ooh. for summer so that's my delivery <laughs> ready for the coronation weekend so um yeah apologies for that but i had, I had to get it in uh the 6th of uh may is it do we get Very a bank soon. holiday for that for we've got three bank holidays in may but oh, and really? two more teacher strikes kids are never Which... at bloody school and half term anyway so um what, where we were where we were at before we were rudely interrupted by the DHL man. Bastard. <laughs> well, not DPD. Um, Shocking. Talking about this expansive time and what happens in it, and you were relating it to surfing the urge. And mm. the thing that struck me as you were talking is, like, how, like, it, it's highly practical for employing as a tactic when you are, attempting any form of habit change like we talked about um stopping drinking or whatever but it's also ruthlessly practical for day-to-day -day life because there are going to be times that we all face with some form of intense emotion that we might not like the feel of in the body and this is typically the things that get uh, tarred with the brush of being negative emotions mm. so things that um it, it might be um anger or it might be frustration or it might be despair or grief or you know any of these things that typically get labeled as, as negative emotion we're all going to face them at times and if you can meet it knowing that it's impermanent it's transient all of its own, it's going to move on through without you doing a thing, then it makes it more tolerable. It makes it um, easier to be with the emotion. And then all, all the way around, it's the, the process flows, it's easeful, and you don't end up taking these emotions that you're trying to resist and stuffing them in your tissues and Giving, getting them like locked in the body as tension, like that doesn't happen. It yes, it feels intense. Yes, it can feel like it's never going to end. That it's overwhelming. That it's all encompassing. But 
give yourself the opportunity to just experience it and be with it exactly as it is without trying to change it and it will move on through and it's and it's quite a a, a beautiful process even when it doesn't feel um it doesn't feel nice it can feel very challenging i did an example of this really recently and it was like intense sadness that i was feeling intense sadness and i uh, i've told this story quite a lot i'll tell you because it's quite it's so it's mildly funny it wasn't at the time but uh the i'd come back from easter away with the kids and got back and it was so it's a sunday afternoon evening getting ready for the kids to go back to school the next day and I, i'd been away so i had a car full of about five or six loads of washing load of stuff to unpack kids are all jacked up on sugar and all sorts and I've got to do all of the school admin and getting the kids ready for school again and I'd just driven for two hours back from the coast and so I arrived back home and um my my husband um came over collected the kids and some washing thankfully <laughs> and took them with him and the, and the dogs the two girls were were still with him so I was kind of left in this space quite unexpectedly of just me, me, myself and I, a couple of loads of washing. And I was like, wow, like it just suddenly hit me that I was alone and I missed my kids. Like even though they drive me crackers at times, like I I, I really miss them. And so this intense sadness came up and I, I found myself like, you know how we do that thing of like judging ours. Oh, well, we, we, we tend to do the create meaning or this is why I feel a certain kind of way and start to get into story. And then usually there's an element of judging ourselves for feeling a certain kind of, way. I shouldn't feel like this or um, what would happen if I felt like that instead. And, and I thought, no, I'm not, I'm not getting into any of that. I'm just going to allow it to, mm. to be as it is. And, and so this is a funny bit. So that <laughs> wandering around the house, doing things that I needed to do and, and also just wandering around the house because my body wanted to move crying like this and you know when you go like on the, the intake of breath and so I was kind of having this and and then the judgment comes again of like oh and then well nobody there's nobody here like the kids can't see me or hear me this is and it's quite a natural thing that I'm doing and so the, the reason I'm telling you this is because because I allowed that to happen it, it didn't hang around for that long actually and there were some other things that I did, like I, I I got into a a movement practice, quite a short movement practice, but just something that allowed me to move my body in the way that it wanted to move. And the thing that was really wonderful out of the other side was that because I'd allowed the full expression of that intense sadness, I wasn't hanging on to any of it out of the other end. There wasn't any residue from it. And so I felt, in terms of my physicality, out of the other side of it, I felt amazing because it had all been alchemized. It had been released. Mm. And we're just not used to allowing emotion in that way. We we feel something or we think something. There's no space. We act upon it and then, you know, deal with the consequences. So whether this is to do with habit change or whether it's just to do with, I said, just to do with the big thing that we we find in all of these groups that we coach in people that haven't been meeting their emotions for many, many years. If it's to do with that, 
like you get the opportunity to to play with this a little bit really gently to see what it's like in your own experience and you you will likely be surprised uh, when we stop interfering and we're um, and, and I'm not saying this this isn't like dissoci- dissociative but a a healthy detachment you will surprise yourself at how um quickly some of these things move on through yeah i I love it i think um for anyone who's got any kind of mindfulness practice or anything that's one of the most powerful things is being able to sit in the sit to be there and be the observer of what's passing through you and and it seems like at the beginning it's like well because i think for many of us we can be in the practice of um this is very different to what you were sharing but for for some of us we can be in the in the practice of kind of like stirring the story up in our head and then like we're continually reliving the emotions that looks very different Mm. what we're talking about here is actually acknowledging the fact that you cannot control how long the sensations or the feelings last and at the beginning that might look like oh god well how long is it going to last but there's really good news because you don't need to because all of these things sometimes there are it depends what we what we're talking about but if it's kind of like if it's sadness passing through us or despair passing through us it's sort of they become deemed as being um, these experiences that are like you said mate like bad or negative but it looks like per- periods of despair um are actually i think that's supposed to happen like we're we're meaning making machines like we we love to make meaning of things and it's up to us to to find our own meaning through life and when we lose it from in those moments where we kind of just lose that for a minute it can feel like oh my god but actually it's an opening it's like a blank canvas for us to then figure out like well what's what's the next chapter of my life about or whatever it might be like they're they're not the the things that we don't need to be so afraid of these things and and like you say mate they they are transient they do move through and and these days i'm much more I mean, I, I just, I had that feeling you described that, that really lovely feeling that kind of comes, which is always there that these emotions and feelings or sensations are kind of dancing on top of that, that feeling will, will teach us. And so we're, we're in a world where there's kind of like a course for that or a trick for that, or this for that, or, or whatever for that to like, kind of like help you speed it up or do well, actually just being open to and experiencing what comes and knowing that it's safe is really powerful. Cause I think one of the biggest things that most of us have run in or the programs that a lot of people have had running is I won't be, I can't go there. I couldn't possibly feel it because if I do, I won't come out the other side of it. Like I'll never stop crying or this will. And actually that very often when we actually have the experience, when we actually open to it, it's really, really different to what we expected. Like, I'm not saying it's always, it's fun or that, you know, and it can be difficult and challenging and it can be dysregulating. And, but like you say, there's actually a beauty in there as well. And even with the, with the darkest of things, not dark in a bad way, but in the kind of like heavier thing, things of, of the waves of grief, we may experience, um, grief, I can't speak grief. We might experience or things like that. That's, there's beauty in there. Like I, I think if anyone stops for a minute and actually steps back and says, would I want to take those experiences away? Would that even be a kindness? Would that be the full human experience? The answer is no. Like they're, they're mm. a part of it. They're a part of it. And it's the beautiful irony is that if we open up to that side of life, both sides improve. And then the bit underneath it, which is you, mm. which is non-dual, which is just, it just is like that, that, that 
you just get to experience more and more and more of that. Um, anyway, lovely. I love your example. I, mm -hmm. I, I think I've shared before. I like lying on the floor like a like a starfish. Yeah. Mm. Just breathing. I try to make myself as physically vulnerable as I can. And there's something about that that allows me to kind of breathe through mm. whatever it is that's coming up. This is a good point, actually, because there, there's nothing required, but there are things that can help, that can give you like cues of safety, that can um, ease the process. It's funny because somebody yesterday was describing a similar sort of situation, how they were waking up in the middle of the night and they were having these thoughts about somebody in their life that that's um, terminally ill. Mm. And then unable to get back to sleep, and um, in a, in a sort of a very um, lovely way, what they were looking for was um, I, I likened it to like what you want is one of those grabber machines, like you want the claw to come in, <laughs> grab the intrusive thoughts, pull them out of your head, and then drop them off somewhere else. And th this this tip, this particular practice, this thing that you're looking for, doesn't exist. But what does exist is what we've described here, the allowing, the being with. And there are things that will be supportive. And so one of the things that I was talking to this individual about was something as simple as, as the breath. And, and of course, there are a number of different practices that you could use, but it doesn't need to be anything complicated. Just drawing attention to your own breath can be enough. It could be lying starfish. It could be... Um, even a practice, a more involved practice like yoga nidra, something like that can be really, really helpful at this is sort of coming out of the mind and into the body, becoming more somatically aware. And so, you know, there isn't a one particular thing and there isn't anything that you need. There's, you know, no course that you need to go on or, app that you need to pay for but just having that felt awareness of what is useful for you and useful for you in particular moments in time having a little play with that so that when you are dysregulated you've got access to those things then um, that can be hugely helpful in the moment and it might be like the sun's just beaming through here right now. It might be just standing outside with the sun on your face. It doesn't have to be anything complicated. I mean, personally, I think it's the, the more simple, the better. I mean, the kind of things that are just so common that when we have these experiences, whether it's emotion-based or stress-based or um, craving, we, you know, we tend to stop breathing or we're like breathing our chest. And, yeah. and actually just that moment of, Yes, you can have breathing techniques and stuff like that, but you know you know how to breathe. Like it's it's just that you've you do know how you do know how and 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 I think very often I mean like you say like well, there's no way like I think the the beauty of you know books and courses and programs and that kind of stuff is that is that hopefully by the end of them what we wake up to is oh I don't need the books and courses and the programs and everything it's kind of like this 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 kind of um, which is great. So I think that's really powerful. And I think the community, like connection and community in those spaces can be one of the greatest tools for regulation that there are. Um, 
or that there is, um, which is really powerful and just being able to share and, and get it out. Like to anyone who's tuning in and listening to this and thinking, oh, but you know, basically if you're trying to solve everything in your head, in your intellectual mind, like that, you know, that's just, um, there's deep, deep wisdom in the body. I think very often we we live in a society that's super, super into the intellect. It loves it. And so it will tell us that everything needs like a complicated intellectual solution when actually just bearing witness to accepting dropping complete resistance and just being with an emotion that is in itself processing like people would be like yeah but that can't be it sam that can't be like it's like no 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 that's it like if you're actually open to it and you're not resisting it anymore and you allow it to flow through you're learning like there's information in there like it's it's pouring through you and it's teaching you as you as you go through that and i guess if there were one like really simple thing that we could share that kind of helps for all of the stuff we're talking about today. It's just, if you can just get yourself a little bit of time, then that's really powerful. And you can leverage, you do, You can even, I don't really think it matters if, so say for example, someone's got this experience where they've got this trigger or this craving that comes up, however they talk about it or whatever it is. And they don't seem to be able to enact any choice. Well, I quite often say to people, well, we'll, let, we'll say like, okay, I'm going to give myself 20 minutes or 30 minutes or an hour. And if I still feel like this, then I'll check in with myself and the options on the table to, to do whatever. And because the really powerful thing about that is you can kind of drop some of the resistance that you're kind of like personality or whatever, the addictive kind of voice in your head is kind of giving you, it's like, okay, fine, I'll give you an hour. And then you actually can go and do your starfish or your whatever, and you can go for your walk or your run or the drive or drive or whatever it might be that works for you. Um, and then, then you can see, cause the thing is, these things don't, they don't last forever. They don't like that. That's this, that's the message that we get, but ultimately underneath it, we're going to learn what we really need. So, mm. you know, people will have heard the acronym, you know, halt, hungry, angry, lonely, tired, where very often when these moments come, we're either hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Um, and sticking a load of chocolate or a load of booze in our face isn't going to help with any of those things um, in the long term, right? It's like we were saying about in an, in an energetic sense, what we're looking for is to release the energy that's in us. And when we breathe and walk or cold shower or sauna or whatever and actually allow that kind of flow of energy to kind of come to its peak and then pass through us um then there we are right behind it the thing with alcohol or something like that is if you drink at that point in time you get the kind of illusionary kind of release for a minute but then it but it doesn't actually allow that energy to fully dissipate it either push it pushes it down or over the course of the next few hours, like you're going to ramp up with excess stress chemicals, with cortisol, with all these kinds of things. And then you end up feeling even more activated. Mm. Um, yeah. and, and then we end up in another concoction of stuff, be it coffee or cigarettes or, you know, people have all different ways of trying to manage their internal state, but actually those things are, that's what my life used to be like. Like I was trying to curate this beautiful internal experience with all these different substances, <laughs> but yeah, it's a wash up in the shore of God. I'm, I'm, I'm not doing great after yeah. not that long. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. It's so true. And, and that, that, um, you know, use of things like coffee to wake up in the morning, 
and then alcohol to dampen down the end of the day. It's, it's, it's so bloody typical. When you were talking, I was thinking about, there's another one of my clients this week that was referencing a, a similar phenomena in, in terms of, uh, was so, right, I'll describe it. So, so her situation was she was thinking ahead of Friday and she was thinking, I'm going to be lonely on Friday. Therefore, I need to make the decision now that I'm going to allow myself to drink on Friday so I don't feel lonely. And the thing that was really interesting in, so she's in one of my small women's groups and she brought the the scenario to the, the group. And it was really interesting what happened in that just by externalizing, so this is space again, just by talking about her experience and having a place to be able to put it and to explore it gave her new perspective. Then she's got the perspective of the other individuals that come and talk to her about what they see in what she'd said. And the thing that was really interesting in this example was that uh, she she was referencing another member of the group had had a similar experience in terms of intrusive thoughts and had this realization of, well, it's just a thought. Mm -hmm. Don't have to act upon it. it. Doesn't mean anything. It's just a thought. And so she referenced back to that and went on a stage to say, "Well, it's um, it's Monday. So why why am I deciding how I'm going to feel on Friday?" And it, it's it's typical that the brain does the thing of wanting to predict. And also, what what feels like is going on is that when we make a decision, like if you make a decision to drink, oh well, I will drink on Friday that that release that you're looking for you mm -hmm. get that release because you've made a decision but the thing that happened here was in the recognition of it's just a thought and it's not friday yet so i don't need to make a decision now so what i'm going to do is make a decision on friday and that mental toing and froing that um irritation that we were referencing that that all fell away because the decision was, well, I'll wait and I'll see what happens on Friday. And then behind that, so the next layer is then, well, what do I really need? So, I, you know, I, I could I could check out whether alcohol cures my loneliness, but I'm pretty sure it probably doesn't. So what else could I do? And the thing that was really lovely in this example was that my client then checked out her social calendar, realized she didn't have anything in it. She didn't have anything to look forward to and just hadn't um, planned anything in particular. And so that was her impetus to then plan some stuff. Well, hey, so now she's got some stuff planned, some things to look forward to, to get what she really needs as opposed to masking it with, with alcohol. And then, as if that wasn't good enough, then the other thing that happened was she had an insight around where the um, loneliness, perceived loneliness was coming from and that there may be something deeper uh, to do with um, a, a, another relationship in her life. And it gave her the opportunity to see how that might be um, impacting her and how it sh 
it's showing up in her life at the moment. And then, then she's got opportunity and options about, well, is there something that I want to look at more closely there? Is there something that I want to um, either allow or work on or take some form of action? But up until this point, it had kind of been buried and suppressed because, oh, I just don't like feeling lonely. So what I'm going to do is drink instead. So it's, this stuff is um, it's layered and it's fascinating and it's utterly, utterly life-giving. Yeah, I think with most of whatever the things are that we have, when they're invisible, we kind of um, sort of ascribe qualities to Friday nights or Sundays. We're like, you know, I get lonely on Sundays because start looking for a load of reasons. And now there might be a reason in there in the sense of there's a thought generated thing going on from beliefs and all that kind of stuff for sure. But there's nothing about Friday night. No, Friday nights are completely neutral as are, you know, the circ different circumstances that we find ourselves in, you know, one person's on at home, me, I'm at home on a Friday night on my own. And I'm like in my pants watching, you know, master chef. I'm like, Oh, fucking life's great. Someone else is in the same example. They're like, Oh God, here I am in my pants watching master chef. Um, and so it's, the reason I mentioned that is because when it's invisible, it just looks like it's coming from the circumstance or whatever, but actually it's not. It's always coming from thought. It can't come from anywhere else. So when we have an insight into that, just the, just the act of seeing it, that thing that was unconscious then suddenly starts to kind of unravel in its own little way. Nothing else to be done as it looks to me. Like you don't actually have to necessarily do anything with it. I mean, you can do, you can journal and do all those kinds of things, but actually just the awareness in itself, just the act of seeing it is really powerful. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, I love that. I think that's really great. So, whoa, what a good, yeah, what a great little chat. It's kind of funny because this often happens when we talk about, I've noticed when I talk about um, urge surfing in particular, being with sensations in the body or, or feelings and emotions in the body, that kind of thing, and, and deconceptualizing it and just, yeah, as I say, just being with it. Um, it's applicable to so many different things. So mm. the exact same thing that I would kind of offer someone in terms of being with a craving in the body and just noticing what it is outside of the word craving, you know, how seven letters or whatever that word is, you know, get rid of that word and just be with the experience in the body without the label and just bear witness to it and just see what happens. So it's the exact same thing um, for me that I would do for any emotion. And I think on the journey to that, it can be very powerful to conceptualize things. So people will have seen like the emotions wheel and things like that. And I think the powerful thing about those is, is that if we just, you know, this is a very typical guy thing. You know, what's, what's going on in your body? I don't know. I feel bad. Well, what kind of bad? Bad. Right. Uh, is it sad? Bad? Is it this bad? I don't know, mate. I just feel bad. I'm like, okay. So when, when we like, and whatever, so learning to understand the different flavors of kind of feelings and emotions and sensations that we may have is, is, is a really powerful stepping stone. Cause we're like, Oh no, actually, yeah, I think I'm pissed off actually. Cause, uh, cause of, this is a great accent of a, of a different guy, isn't it? Um, but that, that is in, um, on the way to then being able to say, okay, so I've got an experience of being pissed off and then you move 
beyond that into the state of it not being conceptualized and just experience it in the body just do what you do what your body tells you you know if you're gonna go stamp a bit or you know i don't know go hug a tree or love hugging a tree whatever it is it makes sense to you go do that stuff um and then you'll find it kind of a wash like you'll find it wash through you um yeah so yeah, don't know. That was just my kind of like one of my sort of a thought I had at the end of this that it's a very very powerful thing for this. It's kind of the gift that just keeps on giving. I don't think there's any kind of end to it because we're not going to stop feeling stuff. We definitely mm. over time, sort of, as we clear emotional blocks and as we move through that kind of stuff, um, I think we definitely experience more just kind of being in that kind of home base kind of feeling that really nice warm just like lovely kind of calm feeling but we're gonna continue to have feelings and emotions right no one's gonna want to give them up so this stuff mm. is a life a life thing mm. a life thing it life sure thing. is it sure is ruthlessly practical like a spork a what? Oh, the spork. spork. Yeah. Spoon fork. Ruthlessly. Stabby, stabby grabby. I fa- um, okay. Do you remember ages ago I was telling you about the, um, there was a thing that I saw, it was on Facebook. I can't remember I, whether whether I ever shared it with you. See if I can pull it up. It just, it came up on my memories today and it made me laugh. Now my phone won't work. Um, this better be good. It's it's really good. It's really, it's thousands well, it's, of people all around the world now. My kind of humor. For, uh, for what you're going to, what you're going to, what you're going to do. Here we go. Right. That memory on Facebook. So this is, this is, if the person who named walkie talkies named everything, oh, yeah. what, what's a stamp? A licky sticky. <laughs> what's a defibrillator? Arty starty. Bumblebees. Fuzzy buzzy. Pregnancy test, maybe baby. A bra, breasty nesty. Fork, stabby grabby. Oh, there you go. <laughs> That's my yeah. favourite one. Socks, feety heety. Hippo, floaty bloaty. <laughs> and a nightmare, <laughs> screamy dreamy. <laughs> I've had a few screamy dreamies in my time. Yeah, and when I was a kid, I wanted to be a floaty bloaty. No, not a bloaty, floaty bloaty. Did you? You wanted to be, a, wanted to be a hippopotamus. I still do, actually. I think it's quite a quite a good thing to you want to be uh, nocturnal they only eat at night don't they do they yeah and then they sleep know. in the water and day it's they're nocturnal. I don't, I, there you go it's, There's a fact i don't think it's necessarily about the 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 time frame of eating opportunity i think or it's sleeping just, yeah it's just you just fancy being a, hippo. being a hippo they're proper they're well um you don't want to have a fight with a hippo do you no i think they're, they're like quite yeah vicious bastards yeah they'll get you yeah bite like your badgers. knees off <laughs> how do we always manage to get back to badgers Oh, it's easy, isn't it? Why are you looking behind you? Have you got a badger? I don't know if I've shown this to you. Look at me. Oh, this is your badger picture. Yeah, this is nice. what this is. Uh, the the wanderer found the this. Wanderer. So for nice. anyone who's wondering, it's a uh, it's like a cosmic badger. He's got a cool cosmic hat badger. and a staff. Might have some other stuff to do with badgers coming up, mightn't we? Yeah, watch this space. Right. Exciting. Okay. Before Ellie starts reading Facebook posts off at you, let's. Uh, done? <laughs> it's true. Let's wrap it's it worth up. It. Go forth. Feeling is healing. I really mean that. We love you. Go feel. 
stuff. Feel stuff yourself, yeah. other people, if <laughs> it's consensual. Uh, classic. Right, I'm going to end now because this is what, as what always happens, it's descending into absolute. So there we have it, team. Hopefully, that. I mean, it's really nice for me to go over that stuff because I think it's kind of easy. We can quite easily fall back into our patterns of trying to avoid our feelings, that kind of thing. And uh, it's lovely to, for, for me and Ellie to have these reminders as well as we have these discussions. Um, so we can't wait to hear what you get from that in the Facebook group. And we're also going to be bringing some new things into the Facebook group soon. We're going to be doing some lives and some different stuff. So it's going to be a great place for you to get to interact with me and Ellie live in the actual person, which is cool. So if you haven't got yourself over there yet, get yourself into the Facebook group and come and introduce yourself. All right, team. We'll see you soon.